0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with Melissa Houston about how she helps business owners build their businesses by increasing their financial management skills. Melissa is the founder of the Fractional CFO Agency, a columnist at Forbes.com, and the host of the Business Society podcast. As a licensed chartered professional accountant. She is the financial strategies for CEOs and she helps successful business owners increase their profit margins without having to increase revenue so that they keep more money in their pocket while increasing their personal wealth. Her passion is bringing business owners from six figure to seven figures while achieving their personal financial dreams. When she isn't helping entrepreneurs become better CEOs of their business, she can be found at the cottage with her husband, Jamie, two teenage children and two dogs. Welcome, Melissa.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for being here today.
0: I'm excited that you're here with us too. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Like, have you always wanted to be a chartered accountant? Have you always been out on your own?
1: Such a good question. And the answer would definitely be no, that was not my childhood dream. (laughs) (laughs) When I was little, I always wanted to be in some sort of uh, serving capacity. I wanted to be a teacher or you know, somebody who really helps people. And I ended up my first career was in social work. So I went to school after high school, got a a diploma in social work, started working in the field, was going to university to become a special ed teacher. But I quickly realized, you know, six years into working in social work, that it was a very high burnout rate. So I pivoted before pivoting was popular. And I decided to go back to school into business. And through the good knowledge of my father, and it, advice, I became an accountant because it was practical. It was the practical thing to do. And I got my CPA, but I thoroughly enjoyed what I was doing. But I missed a big component when I was working in corporate and public accounting firms and such. Big component of really helping people and making a difference in their lives. So a couple of years ago, I was like, I need to go out on my own. And what I did is I married my social work skills with my money management skills. And I created my coaching business, which turned into also, I do a done for you fractional CFO business. So, what I do is I help small to medium sized business owners with their their business financial management.
0: Does it matter where that company is located? Like what?
1: No, I well, I typically work with Canadians and you, um, Americans. So those in North America, basically, except Mexico. <laughs> It's just Canada and the US have very similar accounting rules and regulations to follow. So it's very it comes very natural to follow US guidelines as easily as Canadian guidelines. But when it comes to any other country, I'm not as well versed and I prefer not to practice in those areas.
0: Yeah, stick where you where you're really good, right? For your knowledge bases.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So You talked about marrying your skills with the social work and stuff. So how do you get out in front of clients
1: now? So a lot of what I do is referral based, but I do put a lot of effort into education in terms of like showing up for people in my community and educating them on the importance of managing your business finances because there's so many entrepreneurs out there who hear about marketing strategies and you know advertising strategies and like different strategies to run your business, but it seems like very few people talk about how to manage the money in your business, right? And 82% of businesses fail due to financial mismanagement so my attitude or my 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 thought process is if you can get educated you're killing that high 82% of failure rate right when you're educated with like a financial foundation as a business owner you don't need to get in the weeds you don't need to be an accountant you don't need to you know understand debits and credits and all that stuff but you do need a high level understanding of financial management in your business you need to know what's going on in the finances right and finances when you're monitoring your numbers, you get really good information from these numbers. And it shows you how your business is running and how it makes profitability profits, right? So knowing your business numbers is so important for business owners. I really try to get that information out there through social media posts, any lives that I do. I have a podcast that I talk about this. I... Right for Forbes, where I talk about entrepreneurs managing their their business and their personal finances. So I'm really making an effort to get that information out there so people are aware and they can start using that information to their advantage.
0: I wonder if there's a correlation between like the like a business usually fails within the first five years and then that 82% of the mismanagement. For the final
1: yeah yeah there there likely is now it's it, the most important thing you can do when you start a business is you know get those sales coming in the door absolutely sales are important right but once you have the sales in the door you've got that money coming in you have to make sure that you're managing it well so that you're keeping your business in business for the long term are there any common mistakes that you tend to see your Making. I think the number one mistake is they ignore their finances for so long, right? And it becomes overwhelming. And when they realize that if they want to grow their business, they really have to get into that financial management part of the business and learn and plan for their, the growth of their business, right? So quite often when people are coming to me, they're like, I have no idea what's going on in my business. So that is definitely a big mistake that I see. So the earlier you can you know, start running... Profit and loss statements, you know, having a look at your numbers, seeing how profitable your business is, the better it'll be for the long run. Because the reason why businesses are in business is to make profit. And so many times when I work with people, they don't even know if their business is profitable or not. Which is tricky. Yes, it is tricky. You know, because if you're running on empty, um, that's a that's a red flag. That's a sign that your business is not going to make it. So if you are spending more than what your business is making, eventually the cash will dry up. And cash is the lifeline of a business. So having that cash dry up is essentially of the best way for your business to close its doors. Yeah. Isn't necessarily everyone's dream, right? Exactly. You know, most people want to start a business and stay in business and have that business support them financially. Yeah. Another common mistake I see too is business owners not paying themselves, right? It seems like what happens is, you know, you've got that money coming in and then you get that money going out the door and business owners are paying themselves with what's left over. And that in itself is a red flag as well, right? Because you got to ensure that you're making enough money so that you can support your personal financial responsibilities, you know, like rent or mortgage, food, shelter, clothing, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So to alleviate that type of financial stress, it's really important to ensure that you're creating a budget that's including a salary for yourself so that you can reduce the financial stress for yourself.
0: So true. So true. And it doesn't mean that you have to live, let's say, the high life, but you just like get your basic necessities
1: covered and then plan and build from there. Exactly, exactly. And then when you have profit, you can decide whether if you're going to rein- reinvest that profit in your business to grow your business. Or if you're satisfied with where you are, you can take that profit out of the business and transfer it to your personal wealth.
0: What are some of your big goals for the next
1: one to two years? Oh, I love this question because I just got a book deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very exciting. So for the next year, I'll be working on my book. Um, It's being published traditional publishing way. And so it's going to take forever. (laughs) um, I'm hoping that the book will be out mid 2023. That is so cool. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a very exciting moment. (laughs) I could just see like
0: a little happy dance happening. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, how would that affect your business?
1: So, my goal in my business really is to reach as many entrepreneurs and business owners as possible because I know this information is so valuable to people, right? You know, our reach gets limited with, you know, social media algorithms and, you know, whatever. If I could get in the face of absolutely every entrepreneur, I would love that. So, creating this book is just another way to like another form of you know content that gets out there and can reach more people because it will be distributed in bookstores and such right so i really focus on different areas so i've got my podcast i've got the book i've got you know services that i provide and i and i have my columns where I write, excuse me, at Entrepreneur and Forbes. So it's really just you know trying to get that message out there because I believe so much in the value of it. Right? It's like if you choose to work with me or not, that's your choice. But if you just know that this is what you need to be doing in your business to ensure that you're optimizing the profit in your business, and by managing your your money in your business, it will keep you in business for the long term, and that you can actually use your business as a vehicle. Like it's a, it's a financial asset when you own your business, right? So creating wealth through your business is relatively easier than creating wealth through employment, like a salary or such, right? Because you have more control of increasing your revenues and your profit in your business than you do if you're on a salary. So it's really important to to reach people so that they understand that and they, they start understanding how they can use their business as a financial asset to grow their wealth. So that is really my main goal. That's cool.
0: Do you find, what's the number one roadblock that you feel is holding you back?
1: Holding me back or or clients back? Holding you back from like, like your goal. That's a really interesting question because, you know, when I see a block, I try to smash it, right? Because, you know, when, you know, I would tell people that I was working on getting this book and that I want to go to the traditional publisher route, a lot of people were like, your audience is too small. You can't do this, right? Nobody's going to want to publish you, but I achieved that. So to ask me what the blocks are if there are blocks, you know, the next roadblock that i hit, i'm going to try to smash that too, right? so i I'm, I'm just going to keep going and keep on my path and try to find a way around blocks. right now i don't foresee any other than, you know, my platform being smaller and not having as big of an audience or community that i wish that i had, but i'm keeping i'm i'm working at it, right? i'm not saying, okay, well there's a block and i'm just going to give up. it's more Okay, here's something that is not working to my favor, and we're going to change that so it does.
0: That's cool. I like your mentality. So, do you find that you do a lot of self
1: reflection? Then, absolutely, constantly. You know, and being an entrepreneur, it doesn't come with- without mistakes. We all make mistakes. It's part of business, and to reflect on these mistakes. Sorry, or life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to reflect on the the mistakes, I mean, mistakes are part of it, part of business, part of life. The important thing is taking the lessons from it, right? When you can reflect on your mistakes, take the lessons from it and learn, then it's no longer a mistake.
0: And that's what I think is the biggest thing. Like just because you made a mistake, it's not a reflection on like, don't take it personally, like just exactly to move forward with it
1: exactly that's so true you can't take it personally it's just part of the game so to speak
0: your debt story or history is i guess story is the right word is really interesting on how you were able to come back from a very large amount of debt how what were some tricks and stuff that you did to help reset your mindset and stuff when it came around the debt and the wealth and wanting the wealth
1: well, my dad's story is a perfect example of how mistakes don't define you, right? Because that was like, that was a huge mistake on my part. And it was embarrassing. There was a lot of shame around it. And it's like for how it impacted my relationship with my husband to, oh my goodness, what are my colleagues going to think? You know, there was a lot of shame that I had to overcome. And in sharing my story, I just try to help people so that they know that your mistakes don't define them. So, You know, for my situation and my debt, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have the knowledge and, you know, the steps to take to get out of debt. And even though I I had them at the time when I was going into debt, I chose to ignore those signs, which, you know, is a whole story on its own. But, you know, once being in a situation where I blew like $100,000 of credit in one year, like that was a lot. And being fortunate enough to know how to repair that damage was helpful You know, a lot of the debt that I was carrying was on credit cards, which was insane. 20% interest, right? And, you know, this was the debt that I was hiding from my husband, and I didn't want to transfer it because of the shame. But once, you know, everything surfaced, we were able to move that into lower interest bearing vehicles and just pay, pay, pay it off, take a lot of sacrifices, a lot of financial sacrifices for the family to try to pay down that debt. We're still paying it down, right? But... Knowing how to stop the spending, plug it up, and start repairing the damage is extremely important. That was key to getting out of debt, along with the communication, the reparation to my relationship with my husband.
0: That would have involved quite a bit of inner work too again right?
1: absolutely i love that you asked that and that was one of the things that i did when you know everything surfaced i was like how did this happen where i allowed myself to do this because i knew when i was doing it that i was like it was wrong but i still allowed myself to do it so it took me about 2 years of like this this kind of journey of self discovery i really i couldn't let it go i had to figure out why I ended up in that situation. I had to take something away to learn from it. Right. And, you know, through a series of, you know, trying different things, in the end, I ended up working with a coach and she was a health and wellness coach. And I'd never worked with a coach in any capacity before. But when I started working with her, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be really different than what I was expecting. And as we peeled the layers back, we got to the root of the issue. To why I would have done this, right? And it all came from like just not being true to who I was, not following the path that I truly wanted to take in my life, settling. It was huge. I settled for a career that I really wasn't interested in. It was, I had become very complacent in my life and I was just bored. And to make those changes has. First of all, it took a lot of courage and getting over that fear. But to make those changes has been, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. It's just made such a difference in my life. I'm so much happier. I'm, I feel so much more fulfilled and I no longer feel that emptiness that I had when I was just spending for the sake of spending.
0: So is that, let's call it low spot in your life. Is that kind of where you going out on your own came
1: from? Exactly. Yes. So, you know, I realized that, you know, it'd been for over a decade when I knew that I wanted to get out on my own and do my own things and wanted the control over my career and the ability to just find out if whatever I wanted to do, if, if I could do it. Right. So like, for example, writing a book or writing for Forbes or becoming a fractional CFO or coaching clients, just doing the things that I truly enjoy. You know, I had repressed those feelings. And in that, my behavior kind of, you know, it comes out in different ways, right? Our, our bad choices. And I really learned a lesson of how important it is to be true to yourself. Which is good. <laughs> yes, very good lesson. And I'm very happy that I went through it. It was an expensive lesson. <laughs> but you know, I, I have no regrets in the sense of what I learned from the entire experience.
0: And that doesn't define who you are. No. It's something that you learned from, you've moved forward, you're finding the advantages out of it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the reason why I share my story. It's not because I'm you know, proud of it or anything. It's because if somebody is feeling what I was feeling and they can't figure out like what's going on with them, or if they've made a mistake and they can't move past that, that shame and embarrassment of the mistake, it's just to show, yeah, you can move past it. Because if you give away your power and you let that define you, then... You know, you're gonna you're gonna own that for the rest of your life. But taking that power back and that control back, saying, you know what, that was a mistake and I'm gonna leave it in the past and I'm gonna go on the path that I choose to go on, that takes courage, but it's also so worth it.
0: So rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. You have a couple tips too for money management for scaling. Do you want can you share some of those with us?
1: Absolutely. You know, if you're a business owner and you are interested in growing your business, the best thing that you can do for your business is creating that financial plan, right? So it's what accountants call a 12 month operating forecast. (laughs) It sounds very technical. So I prefer to call it a financial plan because essentially, that's what it is. And a financial plan can help you map out the growth at a steady and reasonable and achievable rate. So you you look 12 months in advance, and you start from where you are to where you want to be in the next 12 months and map it out and plan it so that you, know, you understand what your revenue goals are each and every month. And you understand how your expenses are going to increase as your revenue increases. That happens all the time. People often forget about that. But... You know, your, map out what your revenue is going to do, what your expenses are going to do, and ensure you're bringing in that profit, but maintain your profit margins while you're growing your business. Because what profit margins are telling you is how easier, hard it is for you to generate that profit in your business. So as you're growing, let's say, you know, you started off making $100,000 in a month and your profit margins are 20,000 or your profit is $20,000. So that's a 20% profit margin. So if you get to a million dollars of revenue in a month, I mean, I know these are big numbers, but it's just for simplicity and your profit, your profit is a hundred thousand. That means that your profit margins. Fell to 10%. So, what that means is you're working harder to create profit. So, people often look at it saying, Well, I was making 20,000 of profit at the beginning and I'm making 100,000 of profit at the end. So, this is great, but it's not really that great because you should be making 200,000 of profit if you kept your profit margins tight, right? So, knowing what numbers to be looking at to measure your progress against your goals is essential because You know, like I mentioned earlier, what I'm really interested in showing business owners is how to optimize that profit in their business, how to make sure that they're getting those profit margins that they want, you know, even 20% or higher profit margins, like, you know, it's going to depend on the industry that you're working in. Like coaching has a much, much higher profit margin, but there's plenty of product-based businesses out there where 20% is like a huge profit margin, right? So it just depends on the industry that you're in for profit margins.
0: Do you have any tips for helping us be able to optimize our
1: profit margin? Absolutely. And the biggest tip is know your numbers. Get in there and look at your numbers at a minimum of a monthly basis. And people often hear, "Well, know your numbers, what does that mean?" So what it means is you're running your financial reports. So you're looking at your P&L, your your profit and loss statement is the most used financial statement that you're going to use in your business, right? So make sure you're looking at that at a minimum of every month to ensure that you're making profit in your business and to ensure that you're keeping tight profit margins. You know, if you're falling short of your profit margins, you have to figure out, are my expenses too high? Where are my money leaks? Or am I not making enough in revenue? Or is it time to start raising my prices because my expenses are like, I mean, right now is a perfect example where we've got inflation everywhere, right? So it's going to eat into your profit margins. So you may have to start looking at, is it time to start raising my prices so that I can keep that those profit margins? But you also have to consider what your customer is willing to pay right? So you know, it, it's a delicate balance. Yes, for sure. What's the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice I have ever received came in the form of a book from my dad when I was 19 called The Wealthy Barber. You may know it because you're Canadian. <laughs> Do you know that remember. one? I remember hearing about it. Such a great book. So that was, in my, in my opinion, that was the best advice I ever received because I read that book and I really understood how to manage my money in my life, right? And that led to, you know, my accounting career to managing the wealth in your business and just managing wealth all around. And you know, some people may think, well, you know, I'm awfully centered on money, but it's not money that I'm, I'm... really, you know, obsessed with it's financial security. It's that, that stability that you get that, that sense of peace when you know that your finances are in order and that your financial dreams are going to be achievable. So whether you're, you know, at the, at the end, retiring on a beach or, you know, staying put and playing crib all day, whatever your choices are, there's a lot of comfort that comes with knowing that financially you're going to be okay. Yeah. And
0: that's, it's sad that people have such a negative connotation around wealth, because it's something or around money in general. Because it's something that we need. Like, you're not going to live very long if you don't have food,
1: or yeah. like, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for people who are struggling with their money mindset, there are ways to change it, right? You know, like to to realize that having money is not being greedy. It's self-care. And I'm not talking about like I need, you know, a kajillion kajil- dollars to be happy. I'm talking about knowing what a reasonable amount of wealth is for you. Reasonable in the sense like not the kajillion dollars, right? <laughs> you know, it's like basically what what's going to make you happy, right? So if you want to travel the world when you're retired, knowing how much money you need to fund that and ensure that you've created that to fund that, that's happiness, right? Because if it's important to somebody and they can't achieve their financial goals, it does make them feel a little unhappy. So money does not bring happiness, but it brings opportunity.
0: So true. What's the best advice that you've ever given?
1: That's a really good question. And I mean, I hear positive feedback from clients all the time, which really makes me feel good because then I know that I'm doing the right thing. right? But I would say the most positive feedback that I hear that I think I'm doing a good job in is when women tell me, I see how it's possible for me now.
0: That's good. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, it feels good.
0: Is it just when they say that, is it kind of they just had no idea how they were going to understand it or was it kind of they were relating with your story?
1: it's understanding it and seeing the possibility for them, right? Because when you open your... When you have goals and you think that you cannot achieve them or you put them aside because they seem silly to you and you actually talk to somebody who validates your goals and shows you how achievable your goals are, that is typically what i see especially with women right because women are so trained to you know only want as much as they need or you know take care of others before they take care of themselves that type of stuff right so when i have women clients who are coming to me and they're like okay so i need to know how to manage the business finances and i'm like well what are your financial goals and we really start talking about them and then they're like i can't do that like how's that possible i'm like well how do you know have you ever worked it out so then working it out on paper and seeing, wow, that's not going to be as hard as as I thought it would be. And I can totally do this. That's empowering advice.
0: So true.
1: Yeah, so
0: true. And then it affects so much in their life too.
1: Exactly. And it doesn't just translate to money. It translates to so many things like how they interact with people, setting their boundaries, just relationships with, with others. You know, especially like women who are afraid to talk about their finances with their spouse. It just brings it to a new level. So
0: true. Melissa, I have really enjoyed our conversation today.
1: Yeah, thank you. Me too.
0: Is there anything that you wanted to share with us that we haven't talked about yet?
1: I think we covered a lot. But if there was something that I really want listeners to take home with them today is knowing that reiterating that money does not bring you happiness, but it brings you opportunity. So if you're a business owner and you have dreams, you really need to figure out how your business can help you achieve those financial dreams.
0: Thank you. Where can we go to learn more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah. So my main website is melissahoustoncpa.com. And while you're there, you can grab the free five-step roadmap to Biz Finance Freedom. And if you're on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn with the handles at melissahoustoncpa. Great. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Me too. Um, have a great day and we'll keep in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.